Today I have with me my very, very close friend, uh, my very amazing uh, friend from East Brunswick, very local, um, our brother Harun Saleh, uh, a very amazing human being. <laughs> may Allah Taala bless him, may Allah Taala preserve him for us. Um, so with the story begins, right, if, if, uh, if I can. Uh, it's like a Thursday somewhere, the Dr. Shadi's beginner's tajweed class. I go, I just go, just sit there. Um, don't know anybody too much. Uh, just kind of got back onto like the Dean flow. And the main thing is I wanted to get back into it for the purpose of just trying to find my way. Uh, so I go and, and I see this way and, um, and basically I sit there and, and I'm just, you know, trying to find my way. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like really when you go to the masjid and, and this is a, the, the barakah of the masjid that you go there and, and you find people like this. So uh, my brother Harun, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you? <laughs> Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa salam wa Alhamdulillah, thank you for having me, man. Uh, I hope I <laughs> Uh, you know, thanks for the nice words. Uh, good job with the podcast, man. Keep it up. Yeah, man. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Trying, man. You know, I'm, uh, I think it, obviously there's the, um, there's the age difference and then the, the, uh, other differences, but like at the end of the day, you never know who you're going like, to kind of click with. Pretty close in age, I think. Yeah, you're, you're my cousin's age. Yeah, you're my cousin's aunt's yeah, age. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the same thing. Not, not that far. But, like, it's just in, ter- in terms of, like... I'm an old guy. Oh, no, 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 mashallah. You're just... You're, like... <laughs> you're not even... You're in your 20s, bro. Like, you're fine. But, like, the main thing is that you never know who you're going to click with, who on, like, on what level, like, where you're going to... You know what I mean? Because I always used to... I, I think I saw you... Like many, many times in Tarawi, right? But like I never kind of like knew you at that point. Right, right. And like at this point where, uh, and we're going to mention that, you know, you went overseas a little bit for a little bit of time to uh, study. Um, like how did you even come up with the idea? How did you convince, I guess, your parents as well? Uh, that's a good story to get into. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier today too. But like it's just, it's just I mean, it's just going to be, a, you know, casual inshallah. Uh, just trying to talk. Um really just catch up because I know that there's a lot of stuff that probably um, we haven't mentioned even when we did meet before, but like, um, and and now like <laughs> when you came back, you got married <laughs> or engaged. Yeah. And it was just like, that was something, you know, uh, I, I saw you, I think the Friday before that, <laughs> I was like, bro, <laughs> where did this come from? <laughs> but it was good, mashallah. So, uh, I think where we can start today is, um, how did you, uh, find the, the, you, obviously you did accounting, uh, at Rutgers, mashallah. And how did you kind of go towards that route of trying to, obviously, you know, look at Dr. Shadi, trying to go towards Maliki, Fiqh, trying to go towards the teachers. So where did that begin? Yeah, Bismillah. So um, I would say, uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, ever since I was young, I would say I was, uh, you know, even though, you know, no one's perfect and, and I'm not claiming I was, uh, uh, I was ever uh, special or like a super pious guy and I'm not even now. And I'm not just saying that out of humility, it's, you know. Uh, but I would say, alhamdulillah, like always, I was always interested in, in uh, the, even if I wasn't actively learning, I was interested. Like it was something I was always uh, interested in. So the interest, alhamdulillah, was always there. Like I don't have 
like uh, you know a story where like a near-death experience happens and all of a sudden or like you know I'm going through like all this depression and then like I'm walking through the street and then uh, you know some angel saves me or you know nothing crazy I don't have like a crazy story like that it's just you know ever since I was uh, uh, even little whenever I would go to a khutbah you know was, uh, you know I would always admire the the, the khatib I would always admire um, the mashayikh um, or whenever I went to like the summer Islamic schools um, you know, there was uh, one uh, one brother a long time ago. I actually never kept in contact with him. I don't know what he was doing these days, uh, but you know, he really inspired me way back then. Uh, this was uh, we're talking uh, probably when I was in uh, fourth or fifth grade, um, so I was very young. Um, so the interest, Alhamdulillah, was always there. Um, and then I would say graduating high school and going to college. I would say even in high school when people, you know, people are always uh, uh, challenging Islam, you know, especially when you go to, uh, you go to public school, uh, when people find out you're Muslim, you know, they want to come and they want to act like, you know, they want to do debates and everything and they want to act like they're on top of the world, like, let's go around, let's put this Muslim down, uh, you know, how could you believe in this, how could you believe in that, how could you, you know, so when you, when you go through that, uh, you get put on the defensive and, and uh, if you have uh, any sort of... Uh, for the deen, you know, you want to go and you want to defend. So what do you do? You go at home, you go home at night and you research, um, you know, re, you know, watch YouTube, whatever it was, you know, I would go home and I would, you know, like look up things. I would even memorize uh, small portions of the Bible. Nothing crazy, but small, like for example, the, the part where it tells women to cover their hair in the Bible. So if anybody asks me about hijab, I'm like, here you go, here's your Bible. Um, so like, uh, you know, anything that would come up, I would, I would have something to say um, their scripture. You know, and always talking to people, you know, you, you, you know, you, you get into one conversation, they bring up something that they were told by their priest, and, and now you have, you know, something that you have to deal with, you go, you research it, you know, it's, and this is not, by the way, this is not the way that you should be taking knowledge, I'm just uh, <laughs> saying, uh, you know, where, where I come from, but, but ideally, ideally you, you, everyone should have um, a teacher, because then you come across, you know, you can't just believe things on the internet. So that was me in high school, when I went to college, the summer before going to college, um, I wanted to make sure I knew myself, like, uh, dean-wise. Um, so I would be listening to lectures. Like, that summer I was free, you know, be listening to lectures. I'm not going to mention who I would listen to, but I would listen to lectures of different, um, I would say, like, uh, preachers or, or, or da'is or, you know, like, da'wah guys, basically. I would listen to them, um, and I would listen to, like, their whole series and all that stuff. So, like, I would say, like, I knew something about things. Like, I was still ignorant. Um, at that time, but you know, I was there was an interest in me uh, wanting to learn things. Uh, so then I get to college and everything. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just doing my thing in college, and eventually I wanted to. Uh, after one summer, uh, going to the masjid and uh, you know, especially in Ramadan, there was one Ramadan specifically where I wanted to get even deeper. Um, and but at that time, like I liked the idea of going overseas to study, but at that time my Arabic wasn't really good. I mean, I come from an Arab family, but you know, uh, as a lot of people know, you know, you don't really want to speak at home. You're lazy to learn the language. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to learn Arabic. Like, I'm already, like, midway through my college career. Like, I'm on my way. Like, I already have my offer with Deloitte. Um, you know, um, yeah, I'm not going to sit down and learn a language, right? Like, um, it's probably going to take me forever. I can't learn Arabic. Like, So, what, remember, you told me that you took also Arabic at Rutgers. Like, how did that? Oh, that was for an easy A. Really, really. <laughs> Let's not, uh, 
<laughs> no, I thought I thought because no, because I thought I thought it was like you know how you go into like uh, something you're interested to, but like also like yeah, obviously easy A. <laughs> it was an easy A. What really did it though was uh, Sheikh Salik. Uh, when he came uh, to NBIC, yeah, and emphasizing uh-huh. Arabic, 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 mm. learn Arabic, learn Arabic. He kept emphasizing that, right? Uh, and then he mentioned Studio Arabia. So I'm like, you know, I could learn. You know, I kept it in the back of my head. I didn't go for it, but I kept mm. it in the back. Of my head. And so, um, you know, around the same time, I started taking classes with Dr. Shadi at the Masjid. Uh, slowly, you know, time freedom. So at least I was doing something where, you know, like, okay, maybe I'm not going to learn Arabic well. But at least, you know, I could uh, study a few small things, know things here and there. You know, just be like a well-rounded person who knows my dean. Um, but I still had, so it was that, but I still had this desire to want to go overseas. And that just kept growing, growing, growing. Uh, to eventually, the summer after I graduated, um, you know, I would say I was pretty serious about it, about wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was pretty serious about wanting to do that. And I was thinking, you know, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Um, and it took a couple of years, but I eventually sat on Egypt. Um, yeah, and then that, that, that's kind of how I got there. I mean, there's much more details to this, but I want to make the whole podcast about... Uh... <laughs> yeah, your life. <laughs> you know, the, so, so much of all, like, that's... Uh, I think one of the things that you touched upon was, like, how you kind of just wanted to, I guess, have that back in the have that in the back of your head. You know, obviously, learn the basics of Arabic. So what happened with with me as well? Um, like you were like, oh, bro, like try this, right? Studio Arabia. So um, and obviously they don't pay me, right? So like I don't want to like gas them up too much. But like obviously there's that sense of like it worked for me. You know what I mean? It, it definitely pushed me to the to the extent where I learned beyond the basics. And obviously within the time frame that I did it, um, like. I I just have this like language knack knack for language right because I learned like French quick uh, I learned uh, Spanish and and uh, Urdu all I these took, things. Uh, so many years of French and I don't remember much more than uh, Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, bro, like you gotta get on the Algerian level, man. Like, dude, <laughs> they say. Well, oh. My chef is Algerian, but he doesn't know French. He's from the south. Yeah, but like the like brother Nasser, bro. Like if you, you know French? yeah, they speak slang, bro. He's from the north, he has to. Yeah, but they speak slang, like meaning they just mix Arabic and French. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like Rajatu min al like maison, meaning like my house, right? So you know, like, my always says whenever whenever he goes to the north, he's like, uh, he's like they they always mix. <laughs> I can't do anything up there. Like, he just makes hand signals and, like, he just wants to get out. Like, he has so many problems dealing with other Algerians in the north because of things like that. He's like, where was that? Where was that Maliki conference, though? The It was in the north, but it was in a specific uh, state. <laughs> have, like, it was in a specific, uh, I guess you would say, province. Um, yeah. it, was, it was in the north. It was in the north. Um, but, um... Did you have to speak slang? No, no, no. So, okay, so for... No, because uh, we were guests of the country. So uh, for for people, uh, um, I was I had the opportunity, alhamdulillah, to give a a, a talk at the international uh, meeting of the Maliki Madhab. They call inshallah. it Al Madhab Al Maliki. This uh, it's the biggest international conference of uh, uh, of uh, Maliki. I guess you could say academics. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it happens every year, and it's been happening, uh, I believe, for fifteen, twenty five 25 years. Actually. Yeah. When you were there, um, when you were I had, there, I had to come out to go there, and um, 
and uh, yeah, so that's, that's why it's on. Yeah. We went. We were we were actually guests of the of the country. Ah. Uh, uh, even go through like passport control, like like whenever you see like uh, <laughs> uh, at the airport. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. to go through one of those once. <laughs> like they, they took my passport. They did all my paperwork for me. I didn't do anything. Like, inshallah, straight up, like we're guests of the country. Like, yeah, I love that, bro. Yeah. See, see, people are like, oh, no respect as a da'i. <laughs> as a what? As a da'i or talib alim. No, dude, you have a whiteboard behind you. Every next time we see you, you're gonna be like, uh, Bismillah, alhamdulillah. You're gonna be doing on the board, bro. <laughs> no, that's teaching. That's on that one. <laughs> no, but inshallah. So you talked about the the madhab, right? So there might be some people that kind of don't like the madhab. Um, they they kind of see it as a uh, division more than a uh, inclusion, right? Um, and, and I can see their reasoning, right? Their reasoning, uh, and and if we do play the, if you pick one madhab, that means you're. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so also another another argument I've heard is that. How do we know that the imams were the most learned, right? And how could they become and how could they do their own um, madhab, right? So that's the first question. So the first question is, where does the where do the madhab start? Okay, Bismillah. Um, so first off, uh, when you pick a madhab, you're not saying the other madhabs um, are batil or something like that. There's no like people they like to say, oh. Uh, we can't have unity in the Ummah because we have madhabs. No, actually, um, you're the one who brought in the disunity because uh, in every book of all the madhabs, uh, they all have a section on, well, there's, there's sections dealing with other madhab in, the, in all the books of uh, fiqh. Fiqh, for those who don't know what that means, it's a sack law and jurisprudence. Mm -hmm. um, and in the section, so for example, people say, oh, so if you're Maliki, can you pray behind the Hanafi or something like that? I don't know if you've ever like seen uh, people ask like that, right? Yeah. If you would just open the, the books and you go to the section on the prayer and you go to the section on the uh, fasl fil inama, uh, the section of the inamate, um, of the person reading the prayer and the, the follower, um, they say very clearly in all the books uh, uh, something along the lines of وَيَجُوزَ الصَّلَاةِ خَلْفَ مُخَالِفَ furwa, something like that. Like it's about to pray behind the one who uh, disagrees with you or that you disagree with in the branch issues of the deen. What do they mean by that? They mean the madhabs. Mm. Right? Right? So they say yeah, that's actually explicit. Um, and uh, even if you go back, so like in, in one of the Maliki fiqh books um, that is traditionally studied, it's like a 1,000 line poem that's traditionally memorized. Um, in the Aqidah section, in the section on beliefs, Okay, it says, وَمَالِكٌ وَأَحْمَدٌ وَشَافِعِي أَبُو حَنِيفَةُ الْإِمَامُ تَابِعِي عَلَى هُدَمْ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ وَلِخْتِلَافُ نَعْمَةً لِلْأُمَّةِ Okay, and Malik, and Ahmad, and Shafi'i, and Abu Hanifa, the Imam, the Tabi'een, the Tabi'een is the ones who came after the Sahaba, they're all upon guidance from their Lord, and may Allah have mercy on them, Difference of opinion is a mercy for the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's very clear. It's very clear in the books. Anybody who makes, um, anybody, okay, so there's two types of people. Um, the, the people who they pick a madhab and, which I've never, by the way, crossed anyone like this. But I'm just saying for argument's sake. People who think that they pick a madhab and the others are wrong. Well, that's wrong by, you know, that's somebody who just hasn't read a book. 
Okay, so you can't come and make an argument based on what an ignorant person does. Okay, no, you look at the substance. I want to bring the facts. Or somebody comes and says these madhabs uh, cause division. We have to just uh, follow Quran and Sunnah, and this and that, and this. You're the one who's causing the division, Aslan, because the Ummah was uh, was was doing pretty good with these four madhab. Uh, there there wasn't really issues like that. Um, you're the one who came and made the division. Everyone was getting along fine, and then you came and made everyone think that there's division. That's not how it works. So yeah, uh, no, no, no. Of course, and you I mean, broke it down very well. The, yeah. If you look at if you look at all of the all of the bios of the major scholars, all of them they had teachers from other madhabs. Mm. All of them. Yeah. You would have yeah. some who would who would learn more than one. Okay, because yeah. they had the time to, for example, or not just because they, the, they were interested, they wanted to. Some felt like you know I don't want to learn another one like it's no hard feelings but no mm. I want to learn. Uh, yeah. very, right um you have uh, Imam Shafi rahim when he went to go visit Abu Hanifa's grave uh, when he prayed, he prayed on the way of uh, Abu Hanifa so that uh, out of respect for Imam Abu Hanifa so if that's not if that's not clear uh, if that doesn't show clearly that the madhab actually fosters respect right teach you to respect other viewpoints I don't know what will do it so. When, you know, th th there's two types of people. There's people who can accept that people can see the things a different way. And there's people who they're very black and white. They need to see things one way. Well, people don't think like that. Everyone has different viewpoints. You can't box everyone into one uh, way of thinking. Mm. So long as you're within certain parameters, okay. Uh, Alhamdulillah, uh, what's, what's the problem? What is the problem with that? No, 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 of course. You, you bring a lot of good points. And I think that in, in our locality, right, there's a good variety, um, and, and mashallah, like Dr. Shadi goes, does a good job with uh, Maliki uh, Fiqh, Maliki School. Oh, and by well. the way, I mean, the, yeah. the local masjid, uh, Dr. in Safina Society, Dr. Shadi has three of the four madhabs being taught. I mean, the only exactly. No, exactly, yeah. The reason why the Hanbali madhab isn't being taught is that there's no demand at Safina side. Like, uh, you know, we yeah. have, have uh, Sheikh Hatim al-Hajj, you know, you don't really need to do something if uh, Sheikh Hatim is... Uh, is doing, you know, no, of it's really course. out of uh, you know lack of demand, and there's other you know teachers. Alhamdulillah, you know Sheikh Ahmed Matwali, uh, you know they're doing the good work uh, in the Hanbali Madhab, and so you know if 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 there was somebody who came to Doctor Shari and said, I oh, know I want to learn Hanbali fiqh, Doctor Shari is not going to say, Oh no, you did, you know, he's going <laughs> to I'm in contact with the Hanbali teacher. Uh, so if that yeah. if that anything, these uh, madhabs they teach you how uh, to respect other people's viewpoints, and it should cause you to have more, uh, it shouldn't cause more division, it should cause more unity. And I always say, unity is not that we all agree, no. Unity is that we could understand that both of us could differ, okay, but we could still get along and we get along despite those differences. That's real unity, because me and you, we don't see things the same way. Does mm. that mean that we have to hate each other? No. But I love you. <laughs> people come with this idea that, you know, no, everything, we should only have one. Okay, these really, they're, they're the ones who can't, um, you know, they're the ones who have the problem. Like, they're the ones who only see things black and white, and they're the ones who have a deficiency in that, you know, they're not able to accept other people's viewpoints. And really, they're the ones who want to break the union. Mm. Uh, the, no, that's a very, very amazing point, because a lot of, um, I, I feel like now there's a lot of uh, clear and clearer viewpoints of like, okay, it's it's not to disunite. It's actually to unite. You know what I mean? Under yeah, the umbrella. So I'll give you yeah. a perfect example. They always say in the, in the when you take a class on Tariq uh, al-Tashri'ah, so the history of uh, the Sharia, mm -hmm. they always start with the example of the Sahaba and the Hadith that they found in 
It's found in one of the Sahihin. It's found in the Bukhari Muslim. Uh, I don't remember where. But uh, it goes uh, that two groups of the Sahaba, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent them to go to, uh, I think it was Bani Quraidah. It was one of the Jewish tribes. I believe. <laughs> it was somewhere in Medina, the, the main point. But the Prophet Sallallahu the point of the story is that he told them, uh, do, not, do, uh, do not pray Asr until you get there. And so on the way that they uh, went there, uh, Asr came in. And one group of Sahaba, they said, no, we need to pray Asr. And the other group said, no, the Prophet ﷺ said, don't pray until you get there. And the first group, they said, no, what the Prophet ﷺ really meant was get there quick. Okay. So one of them uh, held, they tried, they basically understood the meaning. They, they, they understood the meaning of what the Prophet ﷺ said that, you know, this is a figure of speech. He's trying to get us to hurry up. He didn't actually mean, uh, uh, you know, he didn't actually mean don't pray Asr. Allah says in the Quran, uh, so Allah says that the prayer is a appointed time. Uh, so how could we pray Asr uh, after the time leaves and you know all of these things, right? So like they made their their point. The other group they said no. Uh, they said no. Uh, the, the Allah says I'm just you know this is not in the hadith. I'm just bringing like what possible evidence is could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, you know the the Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says. Uh, and follow Allah and follow the Prophet and the Prophet you know this basically gives the Prophet the right to legislate and if the Prophet tells us don't pray Asr till we get there he is the one who interprets the Quran for us and so we shouldn't pray Asr till we get there mm. you look deep into it you could see each side has a point however you will find yourself you will find yourself gravitating towards one or the other right? you will find yourself your heart gravitating towards you know, you'll see both sides, but you'll see yourself being more convinced of one side over the other. And everyone's going to be different. When these two groups of Sahaba, they didn't like, like, it wasn't like the group who didn't agree. They said, oh, screw these guys. You know, we'll just keep going and, and you know, to hell with them. These are deviants and whatever. No, that didn't happen. They, they waited for them. They said, we disagree, but we're, we're going to wait for you. They went, they finished everything. You know, and the other group, they didn't go like, oh, like, how could you not pray? I said, like, what's wrong with you guys? You guys are going you know, to Jahannam and this and that. No. When they got back to the Prophet Wasallam, they, they, they said what happened and the Prophet Wasallam didn't comment. He smiled at them. Okay. Mm. And so what does it show us? The Prophet Wasallam is setting the precedent for valid differences of opinion. Mm. Good, okay. Yeah. And they, these things, uh, the Sahaba, they all understood things differently and, and the Sahaba, they all scattered throughout the land. And so all of the Sahaba, they learned something from the Sunnah. And so they taught their students and they taught their students. And all of the Sahaba, by the way, don't think every Sahaba was a scholar. That wasn't the case. But you could say that the Sahaba who were scholars, they had like their methods in a sense that just wasn't codified. And this kept uh, being inherited throughout the generations. Until you had, uh, in, in the later time of the Salah, um, you had multiple madahabs of mujtahid imams who dealt with Opinions of Sahaba, the statements of the Prophet, the Sunnah, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the hadiths are being written down. So many things are going around, are going down, right? And there's actually more madhabs than the four madhabs that we know. However, these four are the ones that last until today with the unbroken chain. Mm. And so, and so the, you know, that's a little bit of a, you know. Mm. No, and you can see, yeah. you can see that, that in each one of them, you know, there's, uh, there is a lot of, uh, you know, you could see that. You know, they all go back to certain Sahaba. So really, it's just the inheritance of the Sahaba. And the Sahaba, they inherited from the Prophet 
And as we see when the Sahaba, they disagreed on a ruling, the Prophet allowed them to disagree. And what's the wisdom of this? So the wisdom of this is it gives us something to study. It gives you the ability to work hard and to study and, and to go and to try to contribute, to try to contribute to um, the legal tradition of Islam. And this is good because Islam, all right, Islam came for all times and places, right? Well, in order for it to be for all times and places, it needs to have legal code and a way to deal with different situations. And it needs to be flexible in that way. And this uh, applying, this constant applying of legal methodology to the Quran and the Sunnah um, around different rulings, because not like there was new issues that came up after the time of the Prophet So how is the Prophet going to speak about an issue that he never saw? This kind of thinking that, you know, of, of going through issues and, and thinking through these legal issues trained jurists to be able to deal with these things. And now we have books and we have ways to deal with uh, different situations uh, around the globe. And that's how the Sharia is fit for all times and places. It was through this mechanism that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed and the, and the Prophet placed for the Sahaba to train themselves to learn how to deal with the Quran and the Sunnah and the reality. And they taught the methodology to their students and to their students. And this crystallized in the form of madhahib, in the form of schools of thought. These schools of thought, they help you deal with the Quran and the Sunnah, um, statements of scholars, and the, the uh, reality on the ground. And so if this training wasn't there, we wouldn't be able to, you know, we would just be like, we're, you know, there would be a new issue up, and we'd be looking for it in the Quran. So somebody would be like, is it okay to do stem cell research? And I'd be looking through the Quran for an ayah that talks about stem cell research. There's no such ayah. Mm. Talking about stem cell research, yeah. for example. Okay, this is a new issue. Okay, the way we're able to deal with these new issues is, is with the principles that come from the madahib. That's the only way. Okay, so that, you know, this is a little bit, this is something you can speak a long time about. I'll give examples. No, uh, that's a very, very good real example that you can really put into perspective. The, the, wisdom, the wisdom of these madahib should not be lost. Mm. And you're, you're not going to come and be, you know, most of the, the people, I'm sorry to say, they don't even understand Arabic. They're going to come and they're going to cause problems and they're going to have issues with this and that. They're going to say, we're going to talk Quran and Sunnah. You, you don't even, you can't even read the Quran and Sunnah. No, for sure, for sure. You know, so... Let alone, first of all, Tajweed, bro. Come on. Yeah, but we, so we need to have a little bit of humility when we deal with the Islamic scholastic tradition. Yeah, of course. No, no, no. And, and it should be treated like, okay, you're not going to tell... Uh, a med student Sorry, on I want to make one day. more point. I want to uh, make one, one more point. Oh, of course, of course. It's like you have the Constitution, right? Yeah. There's different ways to go about the Constitution. Yeah. And both are the different ways they see themselves as following the Constitution. You have one group that says it's a living document, and you have one group that says, no, it's not. Okay. Any legal code, if you want to study any, any uh, documents or any legal system, you need schools of thought. You want to study anything that's worth studying, there's schools of thought. In economics, there's schools of thought. There's the Keynesians, and you have the Neo-Keynesians. Uh, you have, uh, you know, you have all kinds of, you have the Mercantilists, you have all kinds of different, uh, you have Milton Friedman, you have all kinds of different uh, schools of thought going on, and all built on assumptions. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's a long, uh, this, you know, topic, but you know, I don't, you're, you're the one conducting the podcast, so you could see where we're <laughs> So, um, as, as, we, as we know, right, the local imams, obviously, they're approachable. Okay, now, how does one go about uh, learning on a higher level, right? 
uh, because these people don't want to learn the madhahib. They feel like they're being maybe pushed in, sucked into this, uh, and I've been told, cult-like things, right? They they think, because they don't know, right? Exactly. No, I, I've, I've heard that, man. Um, and, and, and it sucks because they... Part of the cult, if you are, uh, uh, you know, if you pick a certain school of philosophy to study, are you a... Uh, are you a uh, part of a call if you choose to study Keynesian economics? Are you part of a call? Anything, anything that you go through. Yeah, no, no, of course. Different, uh, yeah, and that's yeah, and that's why that's what I've seen with um, uh, and and I think explaining it to uh, non-Muslims didn't get me. Uh, any. What countries? What countries were run by Madhahib? Are these yeah. these uh, these books of the Madhabs? They used to run countries and still do until today. By the way, yeah. a lot of the different today they take their law from these books so especially when it comes to marriage and divorce laws um a lot of the sharia uh, courts in the middle east today they base their stuff on on these books um how how could someone call this uh, cultish it's a perversion of what these madahib are and it's a misunderstanding of how they're applied um and it may be built on a few bad experiences with some local people however you know most of these people uh, are not and if you go to any Islamic university, you're going to study these madahib. Yeah, study, and then you have to. You know, world, have to. Even, even if you go study with people who don't like the idea of madahib, which that's a whole separate topic, they study them. You have to. How, how could someone uh, call them cultists? Uh, uh, subhanAllah. Yeah, and and uh, that gets me. It gets me also. It's like uh, when when this person um, is teaching you, right? How do you know they're uh, reliable in that sense? Like, what do you, you know, what are you looking for? Like, as a layman, right? What does this person look for? I mean, uh, like, what kind of standards are there? Are they like what kind of standards do they have? Uh, you know what I mean? And that's what we have to question the person. Uh, like, how can you disregard the imams, right? Imam uh, Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, right? Who lead back direct golden chains, golden chains to the Tabi'in, to the Prophet You know what I mean? And they they take the law directly from the Prophet So like, and that that's the you know what I mean? And and Imam Malik, I think uh, one thing I do admire is uh, is uh, the golden chain from Imam Al Bukhari. So exactly his his strongest chain, he says, is. Uh, Malik an Nafa'i uh, an Ibn Umar. Mm-hmm. And and that's the and that's the main thing. It's like, um, how do you disregard uh, Sahih Bukhari? Then you know what I mean. If you're saying Quran and Sunnah, where are you gonna go for Sunnah? You're gonna go to as a layman. You're gonna go to Sunnah.com. <laughs> you know, like let's be honest. You know what I mean? Because like, and and then it's like searching uh like hadiths and then just trying to and i think dr shadi says this too he's like if you go to self-searching hadiths and self-studying hadiths you're going to be set up for destruction because there's so much that you don't know and and you've mentioned this and i and i still take take this to account today because the ilm of the, uh, the science of hadith is such an inf- unforgiving science that you could be at it for around like 40 years and still not uh, for 40 years and still get nothing like you will you will be nothing yeah yeah. Nobody will come and listen to you. You will yeah. be a loser. You know, it's nope. possible. Yeah, yeah. It's possible to <laughs> in hadith for 40 years and you're a loser at it. Yeah. yeah these days, the standards dropped, you know, 40 years, you'll get out something that people will find beneficial. But, you know, back, especially a long time ago, it's a science that somebody could have studied for 40 years and, and they, they leave them alone. They said, this guy has nothing. I think the standard for the, the title of Hafiz 
the that's also dropped. Um, the yeah. match. No, when they say hafid these days of harith, they use it uh, majasan. So it's a, it's metaphorical. Yeah, even, no. Even even mufti, when we call people muftis today, we call them in a metaphorical sense. We don't. They're not actually muftis. Yeah, yeah. They're metaphorically muftis, but they're not like uh, in the traditional sense. They they would never have been considered muftis. Most of the yeah. time. No, no, yeah, no. Of course, because that's you have to take the hukum directly from wherever you're going to be taking it from. You know what I mean? That's that's what uh, you give fatawa <laughs> like on the spot. <laughs> you know, um, so that's the thing. So so I want to go into a little bit of how you chose to go to Egypt. Um, so. Why Egypt, right? Uh, you're not Egyptian. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have no family. Uh, I don't think so uh, over there. Yeah, so so like how did you go there? How did you find Sheikh Zuhair? Um, so so what is that uh, What is that journey? Uh, SubhanAllah, I have, a, I have a unique take on uh, social media that most, uh, or I, not most, I would say many uh, people uh, in Alm, uh, they don't have this take. Um, and I have this take that, you know, if you make it beneficial for yourself, it will be beneficial. And if you make it not beneficial, it won't be beneficial. Um, it's like it's like any other tool. It's like a knife. It's how you use it. Uh, it's not bad or good in and of itself. And so, um, you know, I was uh, using social media to, to reach out to different uh, people studying and, and, you know, getting in contact with them. And I ended up coming across uh, Sheikh Zuhair online uh, through different ways. It was... Uh, Ajib, I was uh, I was trying. I used to own a clothing company with a friend uh, that I'm no longer part of. That was online. Um, Represent. Caravan, <laughs> <laughs> caravan. You could still go and uh, buy from them. Uh, I'll still yeah. give them. Amazing. Money. Love the uh, reviews. My friend, he's still a good friend of mine. It's just you know me. I was too busy to continue uh, going. It was like about a, a year and a half ago or something like that. Where you know. I yeah. Was just Things were too busy for me. I just couldn't keep. Uh, but he's doing good, mashallah. Uh, very yeah, good work. Mashallah. You know, yeah. Allah increased. I mean, I mean. And uh, you know, I was happy to be part of it, even for a little. Bit. He's gonna be on. He's gonna be on here next. <laughs> Inshallah. And um, yeah. So. Uh, so you just found him. For that, we're trying to market from that for that, and we came across one of the students of Chef's but I don't know who was a student back then, but. Mm. Um, uh, but we're trying to market uh, using him. He was like, you know, had a good following on Instagram. Like, Thing like 20 30,000 followers, so we're trying to market uh, using him. Um, uh, you know, it's like talking to him, we, we learned more about Sheikh Zuhair. And, and uh, my I had another friend, a good friend of mine, uh, Saeed, um, who's out there right now. Um, or actually, well, yeah, yeah, um, he's out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, what was I saying? So, yeah, he you he, contacted he, him through Sheikh Ismail. No, so Ismail told me, Sheikh Ismail told me about this new Maliki Sheikh who's there and this and that. And everybody's going crazy over and he's teaching day and night and he's strong and he's good and this and that. Um, so I'm like, oh, is it, is it uh, Sheikh Zuhair? He's like, yeah, it is. Oh, interesting. So then I was like, tell me more about studying in Egypt. And he's telling me more about it, how it is over there, the different mashayikh there, uh, his mashayikh and everything. And the idea grew in my head. And eventually, you know, I ended up contacting Sheikh Zuhair uh, directly. Um, and I was very comfortable speaking to him on the phone. I was following his durus in Arabic. Um, before going, uh, I even bought some of the books that he was teaching, so that when I get there, you know, I could just start on, um, you know, with the uh, start on the ground running. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I even he even uh, had one of the other students send me uh, recordings of the other classes that he's done privately. Um, so I listened to those as well. So I kind of went in and you know I hit the ground running. Um, 
And, and is that a good way of, um, I think it's just a personal question for, for remember those recordings you sent, would that be a good way going through recordings for books, uh, like the, the Durus, um, is that, do you, do you find that a good way to, and obviously it's like college lectures too, you know, you just look at the recordings and then. If you don't have a, a sheikh to sit with, you should totally use online, uh, reputable scholars to, to, to start, um, your studies. I mean, today there's no excuse for not doing anything. Yeah. No, of course. Of course. You know, what's crazy is, um, and this is one of our uh, personal conversations, but I found Sheikh, um, there, there's a Sheikh in Libya, or Libya, right? So I found 114 hours of dars for Al-Wafi fi Sheikh Shatabiyah, the entire thing. Okay, so so the whole class, mashallah, very, whoever recorded that. And on top of that, I found the entire... Jazariya, the entire Shatubiya, every single college level dars. Yeah. No, no excuse to be honest. Uh, and, and even starting uh, those classes, you just all you need is the start level of getting to. And even the, in English, even in English, there's there's a good amount of stuff up there. Oh, a good amount of lectures, dude, on every single thing you can imagine. You know, yeah. there's, there's there's a lecture for it. Um, so and and that's why it's, it's, uh, determining if the lecture, if the guy is strong or not, if he's good. Yeah, eye. yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you can't really. Uh, it's and this day, it's all about public speaking. That uh, this day, because you, you don't know what what happens after the camera's off. If someone has alim or not by the way they teach a, a, a book, and mm. if that doesn't teach uh, classical texts, um, you know, most likely they're not that strong. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Of course, of course, there's exceptions, but you know, generally speaking, if somebody cannot teach. A classical text well they're, they're they're probably not that good in their knowledge no no of course so so here comes the here comes the fire question right for those students of knowledge that want to want to learn right this is going to be the golden question get married first or go study overseas first go study overseas first <laughs> <laughs> so that that's i think a lot of people are like oh take her with you <laughs> Yeah, uh, it can work, and I know other people who it's worked for them. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, however, I mean, uh, it's not as easy as it I sounds. think many no, stories no. of people going with their wives, and and they're not able to finish, and they have to go back. Um, so it depends. I mean, you have to definitely pick someone who's into this as well. Yeah, you, yeah. You can't bring someone who's not interested in stuff either. Um, you know, of course, he's gonna not appreciate uh, going to a third world country. World country. Yeah. Especially, especially if she's not interested in, in learning. I mean, you know. No, of course, man, and that's why it's always good to. Uh, and Dr. Shadi said that uh, as well once before. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go um, some other way, go go slow. Yeah, if you want to go slow, go with a group. <laughs> you know, and and that makes a lot of sense because uh, how much even if you think at Rutgers, right? How many undergraduate Rutgers students are married? Like, not that many, you know? Yeah, but it's not comparable because, like, you can get through college. It's, the college is, is easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, a lot of people don't think, though. <laughs> you're, the, you're the one that finishes the test in... Uh, the reason why most college students don't get married is because they're broke. That is one reason, yeah. Huge reason. <laughs> That's a big reason. Um, you know, and so so then... I think the next question is 
How does one deal with, uh, and if, if somebody does want to uh, study Arabic and everything, but they also want to memorize the Quran, what do you, what do you suggest? Hefz first or start Arabic first or both? Because, so for me... They want to learn Arabic or they don't want to learn Arabic? No, they want to learn Arabic eventually, but also they want to learn it kind of like soon, obviously. Um, you're going to do a little bit of both. And depending on your circumstances, one will dominate over the other. Mm. Um, going to find yourself doing like 80% of one and 20% of the other. Um, so long as you're moving, uh, you know, if, if you want to do um, Quran more, then you're going to be doing 80% Quran, 20% Arabic. That's where I found myself, yeah. First, you're going to, you know, and you can do it both ways. I mean, and at the end of the day, um, the Arabic that you learn is not going to help you understand the Quran unless you study it for, for a long time. Um, so, so don't think like, oh, I'm going to learn this Arabic and it's going to actually, it's actually better for you to memorize something, uh, and not understand it because it'll, mm. it'll be cemented better in your head. Cause then otherwise you're going to memorize the meaning, you know, and <laughs> the meaning by accident. Yeah. You're not, you might change up the words and, and kind of keep the same meaning by accident and it happens. Um, so mm. sometimes, sometimes you're actually at a, at an advantage not understanding what you memorize that's uh it's an interesting thing yeah no no, no. And, and and uh for example if somebody memorizes it uh it tends to be hard that they uh forget it because even arabs it's hard to understand it unless you actually studied it it's it's, it's a book that needs uh, keys to unlock um and and that's part of the wisdom of these kind of books um it's part of what makes them uh okay there might they might be a little bit harder to memorize uh but at, at, on the flip side uh, once you memorize it, it, it doesn't really go. If you memorize it the right way, and uh, and not understanding might might contribute to not you not forgetting. Uh, and I and I like I like that you said that because it's a lot of, a lot of um, a lot of what I've done recently is um, I gave at one point eighty percent. Uh, so I think a lot of what I did was like try to do both a hundred percent. So meaning I was putting in kind of twice, 200% of, uh, you know, uh, oh, you gotta, you gotta allocate, you gotta be realistic with yourself. Mm -hmm. That's one of the, I remember one time I was talking to my sheikh about, uh, different uh, things that I, you know, was planning to do and everything and this and that. And he gave me some good advice. You know, he goes, one of the, the main things is, you know, you don't like to yourself. You have to be realistic with what you can do. Um, and, 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 and be realistic and actually do it rather than say you're going to do all of these things and you're not actually going to do it. No, no, of course. And that's, that's one of the things I've, I've had to learn recently is like, um, really not overstep, uh, because if you, if you do that, you're just going to end up falling down into the water. Uh, cause, cause, and then you, and then you, it's kind of like being greedy with, um, you want a bigger piece of everything and then you can't stomach that, you know what I mean? Even with, with anything. Like, I tried to do, like, you know, so much of hif, and then also uh, kind of, like, teach on the side. Also Arabic, also this, also this, 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 this. And it, and it built up so much that everything went away, you know what I mean? Everything, it took, like, me, it took me a while to get back on track because everything kind of just shattered. Uh, and, and, and then you try to pick up the pieces, and you're left with a little bit of that. So, so that's, that's the main thing of like, I wanted to, 
really structure my uh, my my routine as like, all right, so I'm gonna give time to this, and then another day to this, and then another day to this. You gotta plan some uh, time for uh, like some free time, just in case something happens for your own mental health. Yeah, yeah. Go do some sports. Go to the gym. Yeah, yeah. Something get outside. I mean, uh, that that's a very important part of it. Um, you should plan the times you're gonna go out with friends, but um, if if you're gonna study this uh, religion seriously. Uh, that's gonna have to be very minimal. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And be hanging out all the time. Uh, not even less than once a week. Even I would say maybe like twice a month, where you do something with friends. Well, quarantine makes it easier. You don't have to see people. Oh yeah, it's much easier. Yeah. yeah you know, spending too much time on Facebook and all this other stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then that's why uh, I think the, the shaitan's main trap now is to get people to waste their time uh, and and not do anything beneficial with it. So, um, okay, time is something that um, the Muslims take seriously. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask you about your time and how you spent it. Um, and and uh, the ulama, they actually considered wasting your time uh, to be haram. You can't waste your time. Um, and so, yeah, there's leisure, yes, when it's uh, appropriate, in appropriate amounts. Yes, that's allowed, of course. I'm not saying it's not allowed. However, you know, you should be doing something to benefit either your akhirah or your dunya. Okay? If you're too lazy to memorize Quran, go pick up a new skill and, um, you know, be more successful, make more money. Yeah, like learn coding, literally. So yeah, Learn something and make more money so that you could, you know, help. At least you could support your family and yeah. give them what, you know, they want. Um, or go volunteer or go do something that, at least you have something to show for your time. Don't, don't just waste it. And this yeah. really encourages. No, I, I say that if you're if you're um, sitting around, uh, always uh, try to get up on some new dhikr. Um, like you, uh, you can use new dhikr uh, at any time. You know what I mean? New uh, new uh, duas or any dhikr that you can do. You know what I mean? Al word al latif is something that um, uh, Sheikh Shadi he gives all, he gives out to a lot of people. Um, and uh, that's something he goes through at the Adkar. And uh, I mean, it's good because it gets people back on track in terms of like their day and, and their night routines. So a, a lot of things were mentioned uh, in this. I think a lot of uh, benefit can be taken, inshallah. Um, it's soon going to be Maghrib for us. So I'm going to try to say that, you know, it's good for today, inshallah. I also know that may Allah SWT make you successful with everything that you are trying to set out to do. Um, and we make dua that you know we don't overburden ourselves. We spend time with our families. We do because as you know they do have a right on ours. And um, I do also make dua for your new life that you're going to start soon, <laughs> inshallah. Um, may Allah subhanahu wa taala put barakah in that. Um, and may Allah subhanahu wa taala put barakah and make you a um, a reviver of the uh, deen, <laughs> inshallah. And may Allah subhanahu wa taala. I mean, I mean, I mean, so, uh, so Jazakallah Khair for coming and uh, we end that here. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. فظنك بالوقت عين الكرم وكن حلس درسك وافرح به تكن قائدا في غد للأمم